0: Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace.
1: Some of the things that he
0: was explaining was just so simple, but it was truth that just hit right home. He's changed my life. He's changed my walk. I have a hunger for God now that I've never had before, and this is just the beginning.
1: And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. TODAY I'M CONTINUING MY TEACHING ON HOW TO PREPARE YOUR HEART. AND TOMORROW IS GOING TO BE MY LAST DAY TO TEACH ON THIS. SO THIS HAS JUST BEEN A SHORT TWO-WEEK SERIES, BUT I'D ENCOURAGE YOU TO PLEASE GET THIS. THIS IS POWERFUL. THE THINGS THAT I'VE BEEN SHARING ARE THINGS THAT NOT VERY MANY PEOPLE EVEN THINK ABOUT THESE THINGS. AND, OF COURSE, IF YOU DON'T HAVE... if, if THIS ISN'T ON YOUR RADAR, WELL, THEN IT'S CERTAINLY NOT GOING TO IMPACT YOU. BUT THIS IS A POWERFUL, POWERFUL TRUTH. AND WE ALSO HAVE... A package deal where you can get either the CD or the DVDs, but then you could get one of these two books or both of them, Lessons from David and Lessons from Elijah. They go along with the same thing. So I've been teaching on how to prepare your heart. The foundation scripture I've used is 2 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 14, where it talks about Rehoboam did evil because he prepared not his heart. TO SEEK THE LORD. AND THE REASON PEOPLE FALL AWAY FROM THE LORD AND DO EVIL IS BECAUSE THEY DIDN'T PREPARE. IN ADVANCE, THEY DIDN'T MAKE PLANS. AND I'VE BEEN TALKING ABOUT THAT. WE'VE TALKED ABOUT HUMILITY, HOW THAT IT SAYS IN PSALMS, CHAPTER 10, VERSE 17, THAT THE LORD WILL PREPARE THE HEART OF THE HUMBLE. AND SO WE'VE TALKED ABOUT HOW IMPORTANT IT IS TO BE GOD-DEPENDENT, NOT TO LIVE A LIFE ON OUR OWN AND JUST DEPEND UPON THE LORD WHEN WE GET INTO TROUBLE. AND I'VE DEALT WITH A LOT OF THINGS. THE LAST COUPLE OF DAYS, I'VE BEEN DEALING FROM 1ST CHRONICLES CHAPTER 29 WHERE DAVID PRAYED THIS PRAYER AND HE SAID, O LORD GOD OF ABRAHAM, ISAAC, AND OF ISRAEL, OUR FATHERS, KEEP THIS FOREVER IN THE IMAGINATION OF THE THOUGHTS OF THE HEART OF THY PEOPLE AND PREPARE THEIR HEART UNTO THEE. SO THIS TALKS ABOUT PREPARING THEIR HEART AND THE WAY THAT HE PRAYED THAT he, THEY WOULD DO THAT IS BY KEEPING THIS IN THE IMAGINATION OF THE THOUGHTS OF THEIR HEART. And SO THE LAST COUPLE OF DAYS, I'VE BEEN TALKING ABOUT HOW YOU HAVE TO USE YOUR IMAGINATION TO PREPARE YOUR HEART. YOU KNOW, THE VERY WORD PREPARE MEANS THAT YOU DO IT IN ADVANCE. AND SO BEFORE YOU GET INTO A COMPROMISING SITUATION, A TEMPTING SITUATION, YOU HAVE TO HAVE ALREADY BEEN THERE IN YOUR MIND, AND THIS WORKS BOTH WAYS. YOU CAN'T BE TEMPTED with something that you don't think, there's some people that might not agree with that, but that's that's basically what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 15 is saying. When it talks about Abraham and Sarah, it says, "Truly, if they had been mindful of the country that they came out of, they might have had opportunity to have returned. For them, returning would have been sin, because God told them to leave Ur of the Chaldees and never look back." AND FOR THEM TO GO BACK WOULD HAVE BEEN SIN. AND IT SAYS IF THEY HAD BEEN MINDFUL OF THE COUNTRY THEY LEFT, THEY MIGHT HAVE HAD OPPORTUNITY TO RETURN. SO YOU COULD SAY THEY MIGHT HAVE HAD OPPORTUNITY TO SIN. OR YOU CAN SAY IT THIS WAY, THAT THEY WEREN'T EVEN TEMPTED WITH SIN IF THEY WEREN'T MINDFUL OF WHAT THEY HAD LEFT. SO SEE, THIS WORKS BOTH WAYS. YOU CAN'T GO INTO SIN WITHOUT YOU, FIRST OF ALL, CONCEIVING THAT SIN IN YOUR THOUGHTS. NOW, SOME PEOPLE STILL PROBABLY ARE STRUGGLING WITH THAT, BUT I TELL YOU, I'VE DEALT WITH A LOT OF PEOPLE ON THIS, AND I BELIEVE THAT THIS IS EXACTLY WHAT THE SCRIPTURE SAYS. BEFORE YOU CAN ENTER INTO SIN, YOU HAVE TO HAVE, FIRST OF ALL, BEEN THERE IN YOUR MIND. YOU KNOW, I'VE USED THIS EXAMPLE BEFORE. I'M, I'm NOT WANTING TO GET OFF AND TEACH ON JUST THIS ONE THING. i am This IS JUST A STOP ALONG THE WAY. BUT I WAS RAISED IN A CHRISTIAN HOME. I WAS RAISED SEPARATE FROM A LOT OF STUFF, AND WHEN I WAS A KID, I GUESS I HEARD ABOUT HOMOSEXUALITY, ABOUT ADULTERY, ABOUT DRUGS, ABOUT GANGS. I'D HEARD ABOUT THAT STUFF, BUT IT WASN'T FOR ME, AND I NEVER THOUGHT ABOUT IT. AND SO, RIGHT AFTER I FELL IN LOVE WITH THE LORD, MARCH THE 23rd, 1968, I WAS JUST SO FULL OF GOD THAT I WENT ON A TRIP, AND MY FIRST NIGHT WAS IN NEW YORK. And I had never been exposed to the stuff that I was seeing in Times Square. We were staying in a hotel right there. And man, I had tracks and I was out witnessing to everybody. I walked down alleys and saw gangs there in alleys. And I didn't know enough to even be afraid of this. I just walked up to them and passed them all out tracks. And man, they just scattered like cockroaches when you turn the light on. And I remember going on 42nd and Broadway and there was a 100 prostitutes lined up along a wall and I didn't know what they were doing. Again, I'd heard about this, but I just was naive. I was 18 years old. It wasn't for me. And I didn't even think about what they were doing. I just walked down the road, gave them all a track and preached to them, cleaned out the entire street. They all emptied. And there was a pimp that came up to me. I didn't know at that time what a pimp was. I didn't know that people made a living prostituting women. Again, I know some of you think, "Boy, you were really backwards." Well, I was. You know, the scripture says in Romans chapter 16, "I'd have you to be wise concerning that which is good and simple concerning that which is evil." Man, I was simple. And anyway, this guy came up and he tried to sell me one of his girls, and honestly, I didn't know the street language. I didn't know what he was talking. I kept saying, "What? And finally, this guy just, I remember him walking off and he threw his hands up in the air like this and was shaking his head like, what rock did this, you know, hick crawl out from under? And um, anyway, I went back to the hotel where I was staying with these other guys. We were on a tour and I was staying with these guys in a hotel room and I told them what this CRAZY GUY WAS TELLING ME, AND THEY STARTED LAUGHING, AND THEY HAD TO EXPLAIN TO ME THAT HE WAS A PIMP AND HE WAS TRYING TO SELL ME ONE OF HIS GIRLS. BUT THE POINT I'M MAKING IS, GUESS WHAT? I WASN'T TEMPTED. I DIDN'T KNOW ENOUGH TO BE TEMPTED. I HADN'T EVER HEARD THIS. I HADN'T THOUGHT THIS STUFF. IT WASN'T A TEMPTATION TO ME AT ALL. PEOPLE WHO GET TEMPTED WHEN SOMEBODY COMES AND WANTS TO SELL ONE OF THEIR GIRLS FOR THE EVENING AND STUFF, IT'S BECAUSE YOU'VE BEEN THERE IN YOUR mind. YOU'VE THOUGHT ABOUT THIS. YOU MAY NOT HAVE PERSONALLY DONE IT, BUT YOU'VE WATCHED THE movie. YOU'VE BEEN THERE. IN YOUR MIND, YOU'VE BEEN THERE. YOU CANNOT COMMIT SIN UNTIL YOU CONCEIVE IT. SIN HAS TO BE CONCEIVED IN YOUR HEART. SO THAT'S THE NEGATIVE SIDE OF IT. BUT THE POSITIVE SIDE IS THAT TO RESIST SIN AND TO BE VICTORIOUS HAS TO BE CONCEIVED TOO. AND IT'S CONCEIVED IN YOUR IMAGINATIONS. ISAIAH CHAPTER 26 VERSE 3 SAYS, THE LORD WILL KEEP HIM IN PERFECT PEACE WHOSE MIND IS STAYED UPON HIM BECAUSE HE TRUSTETH IN HIM. AND THAT WORD MIND THERE IS THE HEBREW WORD YETZER AND IT MEANS CONCEPTION. AND IT WAS TRANSLATED IMAGINATION. A NUMBER OF TIMES IN THE OLD TESTAMENT. SO I BELIEVE THAT I'M ACCURATE IN SAYING THAT YOUR IMAGINATION IS WHERE YOU CONCEIVE THINGS. YOU HAVE TO CONCEIVE SIN IN YOUR IMAGINATION BEFORE YOU CAN GO AND DO IT, AND YOU ALSO HAVE TO CONCEIVE SUCCESS IN YOUR IMAGINATION. SUCCESS DOESN'T JUST HAPPEN ACCIDENTALLY. It doesn't just happen because there's a void of opposition, and so just things automatically work out. You have to, you have to pursue God. You have to pursue victory. And I could apply this to every area of your life—in your secular life, in your job, in your marriage, and things like this. But you—it certainly applies. IN OUR PERSONAL RELATIONSHIP WITH THE LORD. KEEPING YOUR HEART RIGHT WITH GOD IS NOT SOMETHING THAT JUST HAPPENS IN A VACUUM. IT'S SOMETHING THAT YOU HAVE TO CONCEIVE AND IT STARTS IN YOUR IMAGINATION IS WHAT DAVID SAID RIGHT HERE. THIS IS HOW YOU PREPARE YOUR HEART. YOU HAVE TO, WITH YOUR IMAGINATION, SEE YOURSELF NOW BEING A NEW CREATURE. AND I DON'T LIVE LIKE THIS ANYMORE. I DON'T GO COMMIT ADULTERY. I DON'T STEAL. I DON'T LIE. I DON'T CHEAT. I DON'T EXAGGERATE THINGS. I DON'T OPERATE IN ANGER ANYMORE. YOU HAVE TO SEE YOURSELF DIFFERENTLY. I'VE ACTUALLY HAD PEOPLE THAT WORKED FOR ME THAT JUSTIFIED BEING MEAN AND BITTER AND JUST, uh, I MEAN, OBNOXIOUS TO PEOPLE BECAUSE THEY SAID, THIS IS MY PERSONALITY. I'M A TYPE A PERSONALITY. AND SO IT EXCUSED THEM JUST HAVING ANY POLITENESS TO THEM AT ALL. ANY KINDNESS, SHOWING LOVE. THEY JUST EXCUSED IT. THIS IS ONE OF THE REASONS THAT I DON'T LIKE THESE TESTS THAT THEY GIVE, THESE PERSONALITY TESTS. I BELIEVE THAT THEY'RE VERY ACCURATE. I'VE TAKEN A COUPLE OF THEM, AND I MEAN, IT WAS SCARY HOW ACCURATE THEY WERE. BUT THE THING I DON'T LIKE ABOUT THEM IS THAT SHOWS WHERE YOU ARE AT THAT MOMENT. BUT the, but THEY'RE TAKEN, AND THEY WILL SAY, OH, WELL, YOU'RE A... YOU'RE A CALORIC or you're a, you know, I forget now what the names of all of these different kind of tests are, but they put you in a box and they tell you this is who you are and you just can't change. No, that's wrong. That may be who I am right now, but the power of God can influence me and change me. You know, I've taken these tests about whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, and I turn out to be an extrovert 10 out of 10. I mean, I'm an extreme extrovert now if you were to test me. But I can guarantee you that when I was younger, I was an introvert. Couldn't even look at a person in the face and talk to them unless I already knew them, unless they were somebody that I was totally comfortable around. But a stranger, I couldn't even talk to him. I remember a man walking down the street and saying, good morning. This is when I was in high school. And he said, good morning. And he was two blocks down the street and I was sitting in my car and finally I said, good morning how messed up I was. I was an introvert, but now I'm an extrovert. So I'm saying that if you would have given me a test back when I was a teenager and it would have shown that this is my personality type and they would have come along and said, this is just who you are. You can't change, live with it. No, that's not true. God has totally changed my life around. So that's the thing I disagree with these personality tests on. But it is true that, you know what? You have to conceive things IN YOUR IMAGINATION. AND IF YOU SEE YOURSELF AS AN INTROVERT, AND IF THAT'S THE IMAGE THAT YOU HAVE, WELL, THEN YOU'RE NEVER GOING TO BE AN EXTROVERT. YOU MIGHT OCCASIONALLY BEGIN TO START, YOU KNOW, ACTING A LITTLE BIT MORE EXTROVERTED, BUT YOU WILL EVENTUALLY BE THE WAY THAT YOU SEE YOURSELF BEING. IF YOU SEE YOURSELF AS A FAILURE, YOU'RE GOING TO BE A FAILURE. SO IF YOU WANT TO CHANGE, YOU'VE GOT TO START SEEING YOURSELF PROSPERING AND SUCCEEDING. You know, the Lord used all of these things with me on January the 31st, 2002. And I had this encounter with the Lord. As far as the external things, my ministry and stuff, the second most important encounter I've ever had with the Lord. And he told me that I was limiting him by my small thinking. I just would not let myself see me reaching people all over the world. I had a desire for it. I KNEW THAT GOD HAD TOLD ME THAT THIS WAS HIS WILL FOR ME, BUT I WOULDN'T ALLOW MYSELF TO SEE ME DOING IT. I THOUGHT IT WAS PRIDE. IT WAS ACTUALLY PRIDE FOR ME TO NOT GO IN MY IMAGINATION WHERE GOD HAD TOLD ME HE WANTED ME TO GO. AND ANYWAY, IT'S A LONG STORY. I HAPPEN TO HAVE A WHOLE SERIES ON THIS ABOUT DON'T LIMIT GOD. BUT THE THING IS, I CALLED MY STAFF TOGETHER, AND AT THAT TIME, I THINK WE ONLY HAD... WE HAD LESS THAN 20, JUST 20 OR LESS STAFF. AND I CALLED THEM TOGETHER, AND I SAID, I DON'T KNOW HOW LONG IT TAKES TO CHANGE THE WAY I SEE MYSELF ON THE INSIDE. I DON'T KNOW IF IT TAKES A WEEK, A MONTH, A YEAR, OR WHATEVER, BUT I SAID, I AM GOING TO CHANGE. I AM GOING TO START SEEING MYSELF BEING WHO GOD CALLED ME TO BE. AND I, and ONE OF THE WAYS YOU DO THAT IS BY SPEAKING IT. EVERYTHING IN GOD IS VOICE-ACTIVATED. LIKE IN PSALMS CHAPTER 91 VERSE 2, I WILL SAY OF THE LORD, HE IS MY REFUGE AND MY FORTRESS. IT'S ONE THING TO ACKNOWLEDGE THAT HE'S YOUR REFUGE AND FORTRESS, BUT YOU HAVE TO START SPEAKING IT. ALL OF THOSE PROMISES IN PSALMS CHAPTER 91 ARE VOICE ACTIVATED. THEY'RE dependent UPON YOU SAYING THAT NO PLAGUE WILL COME NIGH MY DWELLING. THERE'S PEOPLE THAT KNOW THOSE SCRIPTURES, BUT THEY DON'T SAY IT. INSTEAD, THEY TALK ABOUT, OH, WE'VE GOT THE COVID-19 THING, AND I'M, I'm FEARFUL, AND you, YOU ARE HUNG BY YOUR TONGUE. YOU GOT TO QUIT SAYING WHAT YOU HAVE AND START HAVING WHAT YOU SAY. YOU NEED TO START SPEAKING WHAT THE WORD SAYS. SO ANYWAY, ONE OF THE WAYS THAT I KNEW I HAD TO CHANGE THIS IMAGE ON THE INSIDE OF ME, I HAD TO START SPEAKING IT. AND I JUST STARTED SPEAKING OUT IN FRONT OF PEOPLE WHAT GOD HAD TOLD ME AND WHAT HE WANTED ME TO DO. AND YOU KNOW WHAT? THE MORE I SPOKE IT, THE MORE THAT IMAGE CAME CLEAR ON THE INSIDE. IT'S KIND OF LIKE LOOKING THROUGH A LENS OR SOMETHING AND IT'S OUT OF FOCUS AND YOU START TURNING IT AND ALL OF A SUDDEN THINGS START COMING INTO FOCUS. IT DOESN'T JUST happen AUTOMATICALLY, BUT IT GRADUALLY FOCUSES AS YOU CHANGE THE FOCUS ON THAT LENS. THAT'S THE WAY IT WAS. I HAD A VAGUE PICTURE OF WHAT GOD WANTED ME TO DO, BUT AS I STARTED SPEAKING OUT WHAT HE HAD SHOWN ME, IT STARTED COMING CLEARER. AND CLEARER. YOU KNOW WHAT THAT WAS? THAT'S MY IMAGINATION. AGAIN, SOME PEOPLE THINK IMAGINATION IS CHILDISH, BUT IMAGINATION IS POWERFUL. YOU NEED AN IMAGINATION. YOU CAN'T FUNCTION WITHOUT AN IMAGINATION. YOU USE IT ALL OF THE TIME. BUT THE SAD FACT IS, IN MOST PEOPLE, IT'S WORKING AGAINST THEM INSTEAD OF FOR THEM. HERE'S ANOTHER PASSAGE OF SCRIPTURE THAT GOES RIGHT ALONG WITH ALL OF THIS. ALL OF THESE THINGS, uh, YOU KNOW, ARE LIKE SOMETHING THAT IS WOVEN TOGETHER. I'VE GOT A TEACHING ENTITLED THE KEYS TO STAYING FULL OF GOD, BUT THAT TEACHING GOES RIGHT ALONG WITH THE EXACT THINGS I'M SAYING RIGHT HERE. AND IN ROMANS CHAPTER 1, VERSE 21, it's, it's TALKING ABOUT PEOPLE WHO REJECTED GOD AND FELL AWAY FROM GOD, AND IT SHOWS YOU THAT THERE'S PROGRESSIVE STEPS. AND THAT'S WHAT ROMANS CHAPTER 1, VERSE 21 AND FOLLOWING SHOWS. AND THE FIRST FOUR STEPS TO TURN AWAY FROM GOD ARE LISTED HERE IN VERSE 21. IT SAYS, BECAUSE THAT WHEN THEY KNEW GOD... THEY GLORIFIED HIM NOT AS GOD. THAT WAS THE FIRST THING THAT THEY FAILED TO DO. THE SECOND THING, NEITHER WERE THANKFUL. AND THEN THE THIRD THING, THEY BECAME VAIN IN THEIR IMAGINATIONS. AND THEN THE FOURTH THING WAS THEIR FOOLISH HEART WAS DARKENED. SO AGAIN, IMAGINATION IS PART OF THIS PROCESS OF WALKING AWAY FROM THE LORD. WHEN WE'RE TALKING ABOUT HOW TO PREPARE YOUR HEART SO THAT YOU DON'T FALL AWAY FROM THE LORD AND THAT YOU'RE ABLE TO MAINTAIN YOUR INTENSITY AND YOUR COMMITMENT AND DEVOTION TO GOD, YOU'VE GOT TO USE YOUR IMAGINATION. IF YOU DON'T, YOUR IMAGINATION WILL FUNCTION, BUT IT WILL FUNCTION AGAINST YOU. SO LOOK AT THIS AGAIN. IN ROMANS one THE VERY FIRST THING YOU GOT TO DO IS TO... Uh, THEY DIDN'T GLORIFY him is God. The word glorify here is trans- that same word that's translated glorify in Romans: 121 in Romans 11:13, it's translated magnify. When Paul said, "I magnify my office." So to glorify God means to magnify God, to make him bigger. Now you can't change who God is. God is who He is, regardless of what you think. BUT AS FAR AS YOUR PERCEPTION GOES, AS FAR AS YOUR LIFE, AS FAR AS GOD BEING INVOLVED IN YOUR LIFE, YOU EITHER MAKE GOD BIGGER OR YOU MAKE HIM SMALLER. YOU KNOW, IF I WAS TO TAKE A MAGNIFYING GLASS AND I HOLD IT OVER THIS BIBLE, IT DOESN'T CHANGE THE PRINT SIZE IN THIS BIBLE, BUT IT WILL CHANGE THE SIZE OF THAT PRINT THE WAY THAT I SEE IT. GOD IS WHO HE IS, REGARDLESS OF WHAT YOU THINK. BUT SOME PEOPLE, IT'S LIKE LOOKING THROUGH BINOCULARS. THEY LOOK THROUGH THE BIG END OF THE BINOCULARS AND OUT THE SMALL END, AND WHAT THAT DOES IS SHRINK EVERYTHING. THERE'S SOME PEOPLE THAT THEIR MIND IS programmed THAT THEY JUST SEE THE NEGATIVE SIDE OF EVERYTHING. AND I TELL YOU, THIS HAS BEEN EVIDENT DURING THIS COVID-19 SCARE THAT WE'VE HAD. WE'VE GOT PEOPLE NOW WHO'VE BEEN... MAN, I... I KNOW IF I SAY THINGS, I'M GONNA BE CRITICIZED OVER THIS. I'M NOT SAYING THAT THE VIRUS IS NOT REAL. I'M NOT SAYING THAT IT'S NOT SOMETHING TO BE contended WITH, BUT IT HAS BEEN BLOWN OUT OF PROPORTION. THERE'S SOME PEOPLE THAT HAVE LOOKED THROUGH THE LITTLE END AND THEY'VE LOOKED AT THIS AND THEY HAVE MAGNIFIED THE THING. AND THEN THERE'S OTHER PEOPLE THAT LOOK THROUGH THE BIG END AND OUT THE LITTLE END OF THE BINOCULARS AND IT SHRINKS THE THING. AND IT REALLY DEPENDS ON YOUR IMAGINATION, HOW YOU SEE THINGS. IT'S LIKE THE LENS THROUGH WHICH YOU SEE EVERYTHING. AND THERE ARE SOME PEOPLE... I GUARANTEE YOU, hypochondriacs ARE LOVING THIS TIME BECAUSE IT'S JUST TURNED THEM FREE TO BE AFRAID OF EVERYTHING. AND THERE WILL BE PEOPLE, ONCE THEY COME OUT WITH A VACCINATION OR A CURE FOR THE COVID-19, I CAN GUARANTEE YOU, THERE'S PEOPLE IN THE UNITED STATES THAT FROM THIS TIME ON WILL WEAR A MASK AND WILL BE AFRAID TO SHAKE HANDS AND STUFF. THIS HAS JUST EMPOWERED EVERY FEAR THAT THEY'VE EVER HAD. AND THAT'S NOT GOOD. AGAIN, SOME PEOPLE THINK, WELL, THAT'LL KEEP YOU HEALTHIER. I'VE ACTUALLY HEARD OTHER DOCTORS... MATTER OF FACT, I WAS TALKING WITH... uh, I WON'T GIVE HIS NAME BECAUSE IT'S HIS TESTIMONY AND NOT MINE, BUT I'LL TELL YOU THE DETAILS OF IT. ONE OF MY MINISTER FRIENDS SAID THAT HE WAS VISITING WITH A DOCTOR A NUMBER OF YEARS AGO, AND THIS DOCTOR... HE ASKED THE DOCTOR, HE SAYS, WHY IS IT THAT I JUST DON'T GET SICK? I MAY HAVE A COLD ONCE EVERY FIVE YEARS, BUT IT ONLY LASTS FOR 10 OR 15 MINUTES he says, I just don't get sick. And the doctor says, you touch a lot of people. And he said, oh, yeah, I lay hands on people all of the time. And he says, that's good because you've you, you been in touch with them. It affects your immune system and your immune system is in overdrive because you've been exposed to so many germs and stuff through other people. THERE'S PEOPLE THAT ARE ACTUALLY SAYING NOW THAT SOME OF THE YOUNG PEOPLE, THE REASON THAT THEY'RE SO SUSCEPTIBLE TO THESE ALLERGIES AND ASTHMA AND DIFFERENT THINGS IS BECAUSE WE'RE RAISING KIDS IN SUCH A VACUUM, THEY'RE AFRAID TO GET DIRTY. ANYWAY, I'M NOT WANTING TO GET OFF ON ALL THAT, BUT I AM... I AM SAYING THAT, YOU KNOW, PEOPLE ARE JUST... THEY ARE MAGNIFYING THESE FEARS. THE SCRIPTURE SAYS THAT WE NEED TO MAGNIFY THE LORD. WE NEED TO ESTEEM AND GLORIFY GOD. AND ONE OF THE WAYS YOU DO THAT IS WITH YOUR IMAGINATION. YOU you TAKE A SCRIPTURE, LIKE, SAY, FOR INSTANCE, WHERE DAVID FOUGHT GOLIATH. I TALK ABOUT THAT IN THIS BOOK. AND YOU TAKE THAT AND YOU SEE HOW HE WENT OUT AND YOU, you SEE THESE THINGS. YOU THINK ABOUT IT UNTIL IT NOT JUST BECOMES INFORMATION THAT YOU CAN QUOTE, BUT YOU SEE IT. YOU KNOW, WHEN I WAS A KID, I DIDN'T KNOW ANYTHING ABOUT WHAT I'M TELLING YOU RIGHT NOW, BUT I BELIEVE BY THE INSPIRATION OF THE HOLY SPIRIT, I REMEMBER STUDYING DAVID FIGHTING GOLIATH IN FIRST SAMUEL CHAPTER 17. AND I REMEMBER GOING OUT AND MARKING ON A TREE WHERE NINE FOOT SIX WAS, BECAUSE ONE OF THE COMMENTARIES I WAS READING SAID THAT THEY BELIEVE THAT THAT'S WHAT THOSE MEASUREMENTS EQUALED, THAT GOLIATH WAS NINE FOOT SIX. And then they said, David was probably five foot or less. And so I bent down some so that I could get a relative comparison. And what I was doing was it was helping me imagine what David must have seen and what he was looking at. And then when I went to Israel, it was a hot day. And I remember we were on this air conditioned bus and they just uh, parked on the side of the road in the valley of Elah where David fought Goliath. And they said, does anybody want to get out? AND IT WAS SO HOT, NOBODY WANTED TO GET OUT EXCEPT ME. I GOT OUT. I WALKED RIGHT OUT THERE, AND THERE WAS THIS LITTLE STREAM, NO WATER IN IT, BUT YOU COULD TELL WATER HAD FLOWN THROUGH IT. AND I WALKED OUT THERE AND I PICKED UP FIVE SMOOTH STONES, JUST LIKE DAVID DID. AND I HELD THOSE STONES IN MY HAND, AND I STOOD THERE, AND I LOOKED. AND YOU KNOW WHAT THAT WAS DOING? THAT WAS HELPING ME IMAGINE WHAT DAVID WAS DOING. AND IT MADE... IT MADE THAT STORY... COME ALIVE TO ME. AND BECAUSE IT WAS MORE THAN JUST INFORMATION, BECAUSE I THOUGHT ABOUT IT UNTIL I BEGAN TO START SEEING THINGS. THAT'S YOUR IMAGINATION. IT MADE THE WORD COME ALIVE TO ME. WHEN WE TOOK THAT TOUR OVER TO ISRAEL, WE HAD SO MANY PEOPLE ON THAT TOUR SAYING, MAN, THE BIBLE HAS JUST COME ALIVE. AND THEY THINK IT'S BECAUSE THERE'S SOME ANOINTING ON BEING IN ISRAEL. ISRAEL ISN'T ANOINTED MORE THAN ANY PLACE ELSE. YOU KNOW WHAT IT IS? IT'S THE THINGS THAT YOU'VE READ ABOUT THAT WERE JUST PIECES OF INFORMATION, BUT YOU HADN'T MEDITATED ON IT UNTIL YOU SAW IT. AND ALL OF A SUDDEN, WHEN YOU GET THERE AND YOU SEE THESE PLACES, IT HELPS YOU TO ENVISION. IT MAKES YOUR IMAGINATION COME ALIVE. YOUR IMAGINATION IS YOUR ABILITY TO SEE SOMETHING WITH YOUR MIND THAT YOU CAN'T SEE WITH YOUR PHYSICAL EYES. AND SO WHEN YOU read something. You may gain some information about David went out and fought a Goliath, but have you ever thought about it until you actually started seeing this and you, it makes the Word come alive. You have to do this to prepare your heart. You have to use your imagination and you have to take something like David slaying Goliath until it not only becomes him doing it, but you see yourself doing it. And if you can't see yourself winning over the giants that are coming against you, THEN I GUARANTEE YOU, YOU WON'T. UNLESS YOU APPLY YOURSELF AND EXERCISE YOURSELF AND PUT SOME EFFORT INTO IT, YOU WILL JUST NATURALLY SEE YOURSELF LOOKING LIKE A a RUNT COMPARED TO THIS GIANT. BUT WHEN YOU LOOK AT IT THROUGH THE EYES OF DAVID, YOU CAN SEE YOURSELF AS, MAN, WHO IS THIS UNCIRCUMCISED PHILISTINE? YOU'VE GOT TO USE YOUR IMAGINATION. THAT'S WHAT WE'RE TALKING ABOUT. THAT'S WHAT THIS SERIES IS ABOUT. And I would like to encourage you to please get this. Tomorrow's going to be my last day to minister on this on television, and I believe it would really be a blessing. I've got CDs and DVDs, and then we've got a package deal, and I tell you, this would be a real blessing to you. These things have made a big difference in my life. So listen to my announcer, and please call or write today.
0: Andrew's teaching, How to Prepare Your Heart, is available as a CD or DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. You can get this teaching in the How to Prepare Your Heart Package which includes your choice of either the CD or DVD album from the How to Prepare Your Heart series, as well as two books, Lessons from Elijah and Lessons from David. This package has a catalog value of $50, but today you can receive these valuable resources for just $35. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get these teachings. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline 24 hours a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday, at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of October, Andrew will be in Budapest, Hungary for a Grace and Faith Conference. Next, Andrew will be hosting the Andrew Wommack Ministries European Ministers' Conference in Walsall, England with guest speaker Bob Yandian. Lastly, in October, Andrew will be hosting a Grace and Faith Conference in Vienendal, Netherlands. Please note the European events are live stream only. In November, come to Woodland Park for the annual Women Arise Conference. Speakers at this event include Tracy Asia, Karen Conrad, Sue Nuttman, and Audrey Mack. Please note, Andrew will not be speaking at this event. And in December, Andrew will be in Woodland Park to host the musical production, The Heart of Christmas. The Heart of Christmas is an unforgettable mix of modern-day biblical stories with heartwarming familiar seasonal songs and American traditions that represent the true meaning of the season. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net.
1: I want to let you know that we have now started a Karis Daily Live Bible Study. We've been doing a Bible study every Tuesday night live for about two years, but now we have five days a week. varied the times so that we can accommodate anybody's schedule, and it's going to really be good. We're going to use our instructors from the school, and it'll be a blessing. So remember, we now have a Keras Daily Live Bible Study, five days a week.
0: As a woman, you are called to thrive. You are created to know and be known by God. Experience unity with God and learn what it means to thrive in the vine. If we don't know whose we are, we won't know what inheritance we have to walk into. We are called to speak forth. We are called to prophesy. You are royalty.
1: The violent taketh by force. We're your daughters.
0: We're linking shields. Cultivate fruit in the Word and release yourself into a deeper purpose. At the 2020 Women's Arise Conference, November 5th through the 7th, Beyond the Game with Tony and JB, stories that need to be told.
1: To the outside world, it looked like there was nothing happening. That wasn't true. It's things like that that happen all the time that the public doesn't know about.
0: Your body has an expiration date. I'm in bed the day after my surgery. Brian says, Anthony, when is enough enough? Beyond the Game with Tony and JB, stories you won't hear anywhere else.